So you've been wanting to research companies, uh, but you don't necessarily have the time to do it yourself, or you don't know how to do it yourself. Um, in this series of videos, I'm going to be going step by step through my entire process from beginning to end on how I find companies, what I look for when I do my initial research on the companies. If they pass my initial research, how do I value and evaluate them after reading their financial statement? I will go step by step, including valuations when we get to that point in how to evaluate companies. My name is Jason Rivera and welcome to Value Investing Journey Case Studies. Hey, Jason here. In this case study video, we're going to go through the final part of the ASX FY 2017 um, annual report. Um, in the last video, or so far in this video, we've gone through every major section of, uh, of the financial report, shareholder letter, um, all those kind of things, the financial reports, the footnotes, all those kind of things, or we're still going through the footnotes right now. Um, but down here is where we get to kind of the last footnotes um, and then the auditor's report, director's report, all those kind of things. Um, I'll talk about those as we go along here. Um, we talked about this a little bit last time. Uh, this is the pretty much that if one of their subsidiaries goes under or defaults on one of their loans that ASX will pay up to a certain amount in contingencies um, or not contingencies I just saw contingencies right there um, in uh, commitments and loans this kinda goes through that um, here we go ASX has an agreement with ASX clear for 150 million dollars um, and this is an AUD standby liquidity loan facility that may be used in limited and specific circumstances following the default of clearing participants. So essentially, this is a credit line um, that if, for example, in this subsidiary, a participant in the clearing business defaults, um, then they would pay up to the 150 million AUD. Excuse me, getting a drink real quick. Um, this talks about the borrowings. They don't have any right now under these kind of facilities up here or the subsidiaries don't have any. Okay, this is an important one. And I'm actually going through this in depth right now in uh, the master class. It was such, this is such a fantastic kind of real world, real time teaching point that I actually posted this in the uh, master class. Uh, value investing journey masterclass to students asking them for the students who have gone through the TEV portion of the course and the TEV calculation portion of the course which of these numbers goes into that calculation and why do the other numbers not go in that calculation um, so this is important for the TEV calculation which is one of the basis basis of uh, kind of the preliminary analysis of what I do um, this is important operating leases capital leases these talks about uh, these essentially talk about what the company is going to have to pay um, for in this case software over the long term and where the company operates the building where the company operates 
not too much information here. We've already gone through most of this. This is just talking about a little bit more granular level of how many writes specifically in the last year. Again, same thing here. Typically, when you get down to this section of the financial, there's frankly not, once you read through it, um, it's kind of like the previous uh, video, or once you get to this certain point of the financial statement after you've gotten through most of the footnotes, um, they talk about these things that they've already talked about, frankly, quite a bit above. So you don't have to, I mean, I, again, I read all this, but there's frankly not too much new information down here. All this, again, they're just talking in more specifics, what the dates are, what the specific uh, worth of the shares of the uh, share purchase plan and one of their uh, remuneration plans for their insiders and executives and employees. Same thing here. Okay, what they paid their auditor, what the fees were for. Okay, this section can be important. The other accounting policies. This can be important. What I typically look for here is I read through all this. And then down here, at pretty much every financial report I've ever seen is the last paragraph is there will be no impact on the accounting for the group's financial statements uh, with this new kind of pronouncement or rule or regulation or whatever the case may be. There's typically a line in there that says that there will be no impact, blah, 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 or they're learning on if it's going to make a big impact on their financial statements. I can only think of on a couple of occasions over the last 11, 12 years and thousands of companies research, seeing a line in here, this will have a material effect um, on our financial statements. And typically that has to do with, uh, I think if I remember, if memory serves me correctly, both times it was on goodwill when there was changes with goodwill accounting and um, deferred tax asset accounting. Um, other than that, typically it will either say there will be no impact or we are studying the impact of what is going to happen. Subsequent, subsequent events, this is what happened because there's a delay of when these financial reports are done by the auditor and the company and when they're released to the public. So this is, if anything, is released... So this is in reference to if something happens between the time that these kind of financial reports were finalized kind of on the back end with the, with the um, auditors and the company and the company's HR team, marketing team, whatever, whoever is writing portions of these reports. And um, between the time of that happening and the release of these to the public, typically it's two to three months is when these are kind of finalized by the internal company and they're released to the public. Um, so they have to, any major subsequent events like a uh, buying a subsidiary, uh, getting into a new contract with either a supplier or a uh, major new contract with a supplier, major new contract with a new client that takes up a significant or it's going to make up a significant amount of revenue. Um, those kind of things will be in here typically. Okay, director's declaration. This is was added after the most recent financial crisis, 2007, 2008, 2009 timeframe, sometime after that. This is essentially 
how what it was kind of meant to do was that if the directors of the company sign off on this with their name, you'll see down here the chairman um, of the board of directors signatures down here. What this was kind of meant to do is that because these what this was meant to do was that it was supposed to make directors, company insiders take a harder look at the financials to make sure that they are complying because technically they are, if they sign this here and things go, happen later that are found out, they can get into trouble. Have I seen it happen at this point for any company pretty much ever? No. Um, but that's kind of what this is in here for. Essentially, this is a cover your ass statement right here. Um, just so the company can't get sued, or in this case, for the directors, if something does happen, these people right here are liable. Again, technically liable. I don't think they, again, not to my knowledge, I've never seen any kind of situation where this has kind of backfired and things happen. Well, I guess we'll find out more about that kind of stuff when the next financial crisis happens, but that's what that kind of statement is in here for. Auditors report what the auditor did what they've audited, blah, blah, blah. Typically in here, there's usually a line in these auditor reports that says something like this, um, either this or um, I think it's actually further down if memory is serving me right. I looked at this yesterday, um, took the notes on this yesterday for the first time, but uh, I think down below is we see no material effect or um, we see no material facts that were misleading, blah, blah, blah. Again, another cover your ass statement that they are doing their jobs to the best of their degree based off what the company gave them um, or the information the company gave them. And this one actually gets a little bit more in depth. They talk about what they're doing with their audits. This is actually pretty cool. I've never seen this where they talk about um, key issues in the audit that came up and why they did certain things. Nothing really of major note here. Um, it's just frankly the first time I've ever seen it where they actually go in depth into detail of what they were kind of thinking, what they did here with the Goodwill in this case. Um, so that's, I frankly, I don't say this very often, but I hope companies' financial reports do this more often because it was pretty, again, first time I've ever seen it. So. Again, talking about their kind of thought processes here on discounting and taxes and market cap and carrying value and all those kind of things. Valuation, available for sale assets, different subsidiaries, what they did and what they looked for. Again, no major red flags here. The auditors gave a report on the remuneration of the company, said it fits their kind of model they built, which they kind of detailed above about that it's fair, essentially, is what this is looking for. Of course, they're going to say that because they're getting paid by this company. And you can make anything, you can make anything look good. Um, if you work hard enough on the numbers, you can make anything look good. So just kind of a recapping of the financial numbers here again.
this is interesting kind of for a long-term view of the amount of revenue and capital um, that the company has been either used or raised or whatever in this case. Um, so this is pretty interesting. This and this is most. There's a similar kind of um, long-term look in many financials. It's not in all of them, but it is in many of them. Again, no major red flags here. Transaction levels. Again, you want to typically you want to see these kind of numbers going up over time because this is essentially revenue. Revenue, again, same thing above. Typically want to see that going up over time. Same thing down here. Again, no major red flags here. This is talking about the uptime of their software. Of course, you want to see this near 100% since they are based pretty much 100% on software and technology. Okay, so here we go. This is important. So here is, again, this in U.S.-based financials, this is typically in the proxy report. In uh, non-U.S. financials, this will typically be in the 20F, um, which is what we're looking at here, the annual report. So major shareholders, obviously of importance. Typically what I do here is I make I look to see what these companies do if there's some kind of value investment fund. Um, that's typically a good thing for, in my view. If there's some kind of act, activist fund, it, it depends on kind of their demeanor, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, as an activist fund, if they're pushing for things I agree with, those kind of things. Again, major shareholders, largest 20 shareholders, important. Typically, I want to see company insiders on this list. Um, and off the top of my head, I don't think there are any. Maybe this guy, um, but that name doesn't look familiar. Maybe he's one of the directors. Maybe he's one of the old executives that are getting paid enormous amounts of money for doing nothing. Um, same with him. Whoa. Okay, same thing here. Yeah, I'm looking for insider ownership, um, funds, value investment kind of focus funds, um, those kind of things. Nothing. This is interesting. Senior master of the Supreme Court. That's interesting. Um, I'm assuming that's Supreme Court in Australia. But other than that, I mean, this is just for reference point mostly. Um, this looks like custodian, uh, custody nominees. I'm guessing that's some kind of union or pension fund. Um, same thing here, same thing here, same thing here. Pension funds would be my guess for these kind of things. Or ETFs or mutual funds, those kind of things. But those are the kind of main things I look here. Nothing really important here. When the annual meetings held, electronic communication, duh. Dividend payments, directory, phone numbers, email addresses, regular addresses. And then we're done. So the, t the last part, last parts again, last Two parts of the kind of financial statements we know went over in the last two videos are kind of very similar throughout the world. Um, footnotes, um, financial reports, going over the financial reports again. Uh, footnotes giving more information on the, on the financial reports, which are frankly the most important part of the financial to me. Um, but you can kind of scan over a lot of the information.
because again, a lot of the information we already went through above talking about the company operations, those kind of things down here, you're just getting some of the specifics and details. Um, auditor's report, director's report, those kind of things. Um, typically you just want to look for red flags in those. Again, I read word for word, but I know where to look for red flags. Um, so, some of the things we already mentioned, uh, Again, if you're looking at a US-based company, there the information on shareholders and major shareholders and insider shareholders and inside or executive pay, that kind of information will be in the proxy report. For non-US companies, that information is in the their annual report or the 20F. Um, so we got a little bit more information here than we normally would have. Normally, again, we would have had to go to the, the proxy report just for that kind of information. So, um, so what normally would happen from here is I would move on to the presentations, webcasts, kind of the things we talked about at the beginning of this, ASX uh, financial reports series. What you'll notice up here though for astute viewers is they literally just days ago, today as of this recording is the 20th of August, they released a the 2018 annual report just days ago. So what next we're going to do, instead of going to the presentations and all those kind of things, we're going to go over this. Um, the brand new annual report for new information, updated information, all those kind of things. This I will try to make shorter um, and into less parts because I've already explained a lot of this. We already know what the company does, all these kind of things. But... I still want to give you updated information, make sure all the information is correct, all these kind of things. So um, that is what's going to happen next. Um, again, a little bit differently than what I usually do. But again, this if you're reading financial statements, this sometimes happens. Sometimes they release a new annual report when you're reading it. Sometimes they release a new quarterly report. Sometimes new information comes out as news about the company as you read in financial report. Um, but this is what we're going to go over starting next week in this case study series. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I was hoping to have this kind of finalized to a degree up to this point, at least in terms of the uh, the annual report um, and moving on to the webcast presentations, uh, those kind of things. But at least now we'll have the most up to date information because obviously this information is one year old um, at this point. So we'll have completely brand new updated information. Um, for our valuations when we get to that point um, because even though in the early stages of this financial kind of going over this financials of ASX there were some things that bothered me nothing in this financial report was enough to make me stop research on the company they're still undervalued by my preliminary analysis um, which we did a while ago they are still producing fantastic margins they are still producing a ton of free cash flow. Um, so at this point, we're going to continue on with the case study on ASX. Um, we're just going to get the new updated information. And then once we do that, then we'll go to the presentations, um, webcasts, try to find any brand new news on them, which, again, this was just released days ago. So there shouldn't be too much information on that. So that should go pretty quick. Um, and then valuations at that, that point to kind of see if they're undervalued on different valuation metrics. And then we'll go from there. Um, if you want to watch the other videos in the series, make sure to watch the other videos on ASX. Um, they should be either above or below, depending on where you're watching this video. 
other videos in this case study series where we, get, where we went over Filipino companies, um, how to find companies to invest in, how to uh, do those kind of things. Those should be linked above or again, above, above or below, depending on where you're watching this. Uh, make sure if you like the video to like and share and also hit the subscribe button and the bell when the bell comes up. Um, so you're notified anytime we release a new video. Um, and I'd love to hear your comments on this. Um, now that we're kind of done with the annual report, did I miss anything? Should I have done anything better? Um, do you do things differently when you go over annual reports? Let me know in the comments below. Um, I'm always looking to improve my process and maybe I'm missing something in my process. This is all self-taught. Um, this is the process that works for me, but again, I'm always looking to improve things. So um, if you kind of take a different process, let me know in the comments below. I'd love to, I'd love to learn uh, from you as well. Um, and until next time, I will see you in the next video. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks for watching.